Today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. God would say, I will help you. Those who war against you shall be as nothing. Think about that during the next battle that is taking place. As those fiery darts are come flying at you, that you have this promise from God. Pretty awesome. Be bold for the Lord. He will uphold you with his righteous right hand. A great word for you and I today. Why does it feel like the closer we move towards God, the harder the enemy attacks? Pastor Eric shares in his message that being a threat to the enemy means that we are taking action for the Lord. Much like Jonathan fought against the Philistines, we are called to be bold in our beliefs while relying on God's power, victory, and authority. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for part one of his message in 1 Samuel 13. We're continuing our look into the the book of 1 Samuel and Saul. Man, Saul so far has been off to a great start. He is now the king of Israel, uh, but tonight we're going to see kind of a downfall of Saul, kind of a turn in his life. And in chapter 13, we're going to see uh, some interesting things. First of all, we're going to see that Saul is going to organize Israel's first official army, and we'll kind of look at that here in a little bit. Uh, We'll also see an attack upon the Philistines, and the Philistines, man, they're constantly going to battle with Israel, huh? They're constantly going to battle with Israel, and again, there's an attack on the uh, Philistines. We're also going to see a nation that, of Israel that is scared. We're going to see a king that is impatient. We're going to see a king ruled by his feelings. We're going to see sin, consequences of sin, a God who desires a man to be king after his own heart, and then we'll see Israel in trouble. Pretty much it's like the Bible wrapped up in one chapter, right? No, I'm just kidding. It's going to be a great, great study here. And so, again, let's just go to the Lord and just pray. Uh, for no distractions. Father God, Lord, may we just come humbly before you tonight. And God, we're blessed with the technology that you've given us. And Lord, if it should work tonight, we praise you. If it not, we praise you anyways. And so Lord, may we just have an open heart tonight. May you just teach us Holy Spirit and, and lead us into your truth. And so let's just dive into your word, and I can't wait to see what you're going to teach us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's look at how Saul organizes an army in verses 1 and 2. It says, Saul reigned one year, and when he had reigned two years over Israel, Saul chose for himself 3,000 men of Israel. 2,000 were with Saul in Michmash in the mountains of Bethel, and then 1,000 with Jonathan in Gibeah of Benjamin. The rest of the people he sent away, every man to his tent. So here in these first two verses, we do see that Saul has now set up his reign in Israel. And he has now officially gathered together his own army. Before all the battles before this time was more like a militia, in a sense, of Israel, where the civilians would gather together and they would go out and battle. But now as Saul is the king of Israel... He is now choosing his own army, okay? So they officially, the nation of Israel officially has their first army. Like, this is a big deal. And there's 3,000 of them, okay? 2,000 with him and 1,000 with his son. So some time has passed uh, from the time that Samuel first called uh, 
or recognize the calling upon Saul's life as king, right? Remember, he was a young, younger guy. Now he has a son named Jonathan, okay? And Jonathan is old enough to lead uh, an army. And so this is the first army gathered together, in a sense, organized army for Israel. And in this section, though, we are, like I just mentioned, we are introduced to Jonathan. Now, Jonathan was uh, an extremely... Uh, influenceable guy. If you were looking at the character of a man in the Bible, Jonathan would be one to look at. He was very faithful. He was brave. He had a love for God and to support, you know, obviously David, his friend. And Jonathan sets that great example to us as believers. So we're introduced to Jonathan here in chapter 13. Now, as the army has gathered, he is Brought them together. Let's see now how the attack comes on the Philistines in verses 3 through 5. And Jonathan attacked the garrison of the Philistines that was in Geba. And the Philistines heard of, of it. Then Saul blew the trumpet throughout all the land saying, Let the Hebrews hear. Now all Israel heard it, heard it and said that Saul had attacked a garrison of the Philistines, that Israel had also become an abomination to the Philistines. And the people were called together to Saul at Gilgal. In verse 5, Then the Philistines gathered together to fight with Israel 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen, and and people as the sand, which is on the seashore in multitude. And they came up and encamped at Michmash to the east of Beth-Avon. So here we see Jonathan takes uh, this approach of attacking with his 1,000 men. And he takes and he goes and he attacks the Philistines. Now, I want you guys to know that the Israelites were under the thumb of the Philistines during this time, okay? These two nations did not get along. Imagine that. Those two nations really don't get along today, in a sense, right? Uh, The Philistines had ruled over the Israelites. Now, Jonathan, again, was a brave young man, and he took his thousand men, and he was a warrior, and he attacked the garrison of the Philistines in Geba. Now, the garrison was a fortress holding the troops of the Philistines. So Israel, the thousand guys, and Jonathan attack this fortress holding Philistines. Now, the Bible doesn't give us the reason why that Jonathan attacked, but if Israel was under the Philistines' thumb, it would make sense to me that Jonathan was tired of the rule of the Philistines over the Israelites. And so he took it upon himself to go and attack. Now, Saul, his father, I don't think he was as brave as his son was. He hears of the attack, right? And he blows the trumpet, and he goes, let all Israel know that we have attacked Garrison. Now, the word got out that who attacked the garrison. Did you guys catch that? Saul. He didn't include his son, Jonathan. He took the, the, uh, the glory, in a sense, the credit for attacking the Philistines. And, and so it's interesting to me that Saul was not the one to start the battle. It was his son. But again, he took credit for that. And and so Israel, because of this, had become an abomination to the Philistines. Do you know what the word abomination means? What does it mean? Anyone? To hate. They're abomination. To hate. 
The Israelites had become an abomination to the Philistines, meaning that the Philistines hated Israel. Now, one commentator said this, Israel was good in the eyes of the Philistines. That is until Israel showed some boldness. They were good with Israel until Israel grew a little bit of a backbone. And then that's when the abomination came up. Oh, they're an abomination. We hate Israel. We're going to attack them and take them out. Interesting, huh? And isn't that the case, though, with us as man today? There is an enemy who is out there because the Bible says that we fight against not blood, flesh and blood, but against principalities of darkness, right? And this enemy really doesn't pay too much attention to those who are not causing a scene for the kingdom of God. Uh, interesting. And the Philistines, as much as they're mentioned through the Bible, they often remind me of Satan and the principalities of darkness. They're always kind of there, and they always cause trouble, and they're always trying to kill Israel. Well, that's exactly what the enemy tries to do to believers today. Tries to take them out. And it seems when we're not bold for Christ, when we're not living a, a life that is honoring to Jesus Christ, there's not much resistance from the enemy. Can you guys relate to me in that, in that, in that kind of that, that mindset? To, to know that, you know what, if you're not bold for Christ, how much of a threat are you to the enemy? Something to think about. Now, what happens when you are bold for Jesus Christ? When you live your life fully for him and you're tro totally just giving your life to him daily and you're like, I'm proclaiming the gospel no matter what it takes, I'm going to continue to get the name of Christ out. It seems that the bullseye that is on you when you accept Christ, you get it like this bullseye. And it's not a physical bullseye, it's a spiritual bullseye, okay? And it sounds like, okay, this is a potential threat to the enemy. Now, that bullseye, the more and more you continue to let God just use you as he wants and have you walk through the good works that he's prepared you to walk through, it seems to me, just in my experience, that your bullseye grows, and not only does it grow, it, it all of a sudden forms neon lights, it seems like. And it's like lighting up on your back and arrows are pointing down to it saying, here he is right here. And it's like the enemy is like, I got to take this person out because they are a threat to the enemy, to us. And so when you stand for Christ, let me just tell you, you become an abomination to the enemy. The enemy hates you. Why? Because you're a threat. You're a threat. And so the enemy hates you and wants to take you out. See, Christ uses you, he uses you guys, to bring forth light. Because he is light. And he wants to shine brightly in and through you. And if you are, uh, if you are darkness, right? If you're the enemy, you're darkness... What are you going to want to do to the light? You're going to want to snuff it out. You're going to want to take it out so there is no more light because light exposes darkness and, it, and darkness goes away. If we were to turn off the lights, it would be dark in here, right? But when you turn the lights on, darkness goes away. But if you're darkness, you're going to want to eliminate the light. And that's exactly what the enemy wants to do to you. 
He wants to snuff you out because he hates you. You are an abomination to the enemy. Know that there is somebody on the other side that hates you. The more that you are sold out for Christ, the more the attacks seem to come. But be of good cheer, right? Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in this world. So the Israelites had become an abomination to the Philistines. And and, and just as the Philistines were awakened at the attack of the Israelites, hey, wait a minute, Israel's fighting against us, right? Satan and his army awaken when a man is bold for Jesus Christ. He is awakened. The enemy is awakened. And I look to Paul when he was a Pharisee, right? He persecuted believers. It didn't really, I mean, I don't know how his life was, but what was recorded in the Bible seemed like everything was going all right for him. But the moment that he went and he gave his life to Jesus, what happened? The enemy started attacking him, right? And all these different situations in his life, many attacks came. Because again, I believe because he was bold for Christ and the enemy was trying to take him out. And then I look at the disciples in the Bible, right? Peter, I look at him and when he became bold, bold, when the Holy Spirit fell on him on the day of Pentecost, he gave this huge sermon. There was 3,000 people that came to Christ that day, right? It was just an amazing outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But then what happened? He then was in prison because he was preaching the name of Jesus Christ. Now, if he was not bold, would that have come? Maybe, maybe not. But it just seems to me, the more you're involved with Christ, the more the enemy wants to attack. But we have to be alert of this. We have to be aware of this. Don't think it's strange when you fall into various trials. Because the enemy is out there trying to destroy you because you're an abomination to him. I think that is a great honor, that you're an abomination to the enemy, man. Because that means that he knows that you are firm in Christ. That's awesome. Heck yeah, I'm an abomination to that guy. Whatever, who cares? He's going to lose anyways, right? We know the end of the Bible. Praise God. So anyways, so the Philistines wanted to destroy Israel and so because they had become bold. And because, uh, because they were not uh, successful when the Israelites turned and trusted in the Lord, it kind of probably stirred in their hearts because if you look back in the history of the Philistines versus the Israelites, every time the Israelites surrendered to God, what did God do? He brought the victory. He whooped their butts, man. No matter who came and how many people came towards Israel, God prevailed. And so hearing that the Israelites just grew a backbone, probably drew an alert within the heart of the Philistines saying, we need to snuff these guys out before they think they can do something. And see, the same thing for you and I tonight, the same thing in our walk with the Lord, we can be bold for Christ because the enemy cannot destroy you. The enemy cannot destroy you because why? We have victory in Christ Jesus. I mean, if you listen to the Lord's words spoken through the prophet Isaiah, listen to this, you guys. This is remarkable. In Isaiah 41, it says this, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all those who were seized against you shall be ashamed and disgraced. They shall be as nothing, 
And those who strive with you shall perish. You shall seek them and not find them. Those who contend with you, those who war against you shall be as nothing, as non-existent, as a non-existent thing. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, fear not, I will help you. Now, that is great encouragement from our Lord God. Right? Fear not, I am with you. I will hold you with my right, righteous right hand. Those things who contend with you, and I, and I know that this is probably speaking on the, the, the physical presence, right? Our physical enemies. But I'm looking at it as a spiritual thing. Because God has power and victory over the spiritual world. Over the demons, over the enemy, Jesus Christ has all authority, and all authority has been given to him. So this verse, this passage through Isaiah, brings me comfort, especially through spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare that you and I face every single day. Fear not, God would say, I will help you. Those who war against you shall be as nothing. Think about that during the next battle that is taking place as those fiery darts are come flying at you that you have this promise from God pretty awesome be bold for the Lord he will uphold you with his righteous right hand a great word for you and I today especially in the world that we live in where there is darkness that seems to be surrounding But we can be a light for Christ because he will protect us by his right hand. He will protect you. Be bold for Christ. So the Philistines drew up this mighty army, right? A mighty and powerful army. And they drove Israel into fear. Well, let's look what that looks like in verses 6 and 7. When the men of Israel saw that they were in danger, for the people were distressed... Then the people hid in caves and thickets, in rocks, in holes, and in pits. And some of the Hebrews crossed over the Jordan to the land of Gad of Gilead. As for Saul, he was still in Gilgal. And all the people followed him, him, trembling. So here we see, because the Philistines had gathered around to fight Israel... 30,000 chariots, uh, which in some of the translations of the manuscripts... Uh, was translated to 3,000 instead of the 30,000, which I can kind of see makes more sense because of the 6,000 horsemen. Anyways, it's a lot of horsemen and chariots, no matter what the way that you look at it, okay? And then the people, as many as the sand of the seashore, came against Israel. So when Israel saw this, they felt the danger, and they took off, man. They were in holes, rocks, whatever they could get into. Now, if it took place here, where would you go? I don't know. (laughs) Chuck's house. He's got guns. (laughs) Anyways, you would just, they were afraid. Now, what was the point of having a king? Well, for a king to protect Israel. Well, the people were not getting a sense of peace from their king now, were they? Because they bolted. They went into these holes, these rocks, these ditches, wherever, thickets. Uh, The people scattered. They even crossed the Jordan River. My goodness, because they were afraid. And the people who stayed with King Saul were afraid. Craziness, huh? Now, this could be our reaction to a growing attack. Can it? 
Can't this be the way that we respond to an attack that's surrounding us, that's coming forth towards us? As believers, when the heat is on, we can tend to fall into the flesh of thinking. Oh, it's like, oh no, I, I feel this attack coming against me. I know that the enemy is trying to destroy me. It's like, I got to go hide or I don't want to get out of bed because I don't want to face the problem. I don't want to get up. I want to hide under my covers and sleep. I want to leave this situation. But I say this, you guys, fear not, believer. Fear not, because the enemy will throw fiery darts at you. That is a fact. But remember, you have a shield of faith to protect you. And so you must not fear because of the attack, because God is with you. God is with you, and you will not fight alone. In fact, you're a part of Christ. Remember that, that you are part of the body of Jesus Christ. Don't you think that Jesus will defend himself? Yeah, of course he will. Because he has all authority. He has rule. The enemy cannot prevail against him. And the enemy will not prevail against Christ. So when the enemy starts to loom around you, remember who you belong in, who you abide in. It's Christ Jesus. Therefore, the enemy will not be able to prevail against you. You have been promised life. Life. You've been promised it by our Savior. Eternal life. So now we see that the people were scared. Now we see that King Saul is ruled by his feelings. Interesting. Let's check that out. Verses 8 through 10. Then he, speaking of King Saul, waited seven days according to the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal. And the people were scattered from him. So Saul said, bring a burnt offering and peace offerings here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. Now it happened, as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering, that Samuel came. And Saul went out to meet him, that he might greet him. So when the attack was growing, Saul, instead of seeking the Lord, leaned upon his feelings. People were, they were bugging out. They were scattering. They didn't want any part of what was going on. And and so they were leaving him. And he's seen this mighty army that he had gathered going away. I mean, if you were a commander going to battle and you saw your men leaving, there would be a concern. What's going on here? Why are they leaving? I know why. We haven't given an offering to the Lord. Where is Samuel at? Because he's supposed to be here to do the offering because he is the priest. Where is he at? Uh... He's not here, is he? What are we going to do? We, we, we got people leaving. I've got to do something now. And what does he do? He gets the burnt offering and the, the, the peace offering, and he made the sacrifice himself. Now, this was a no-no, according to the Lord. He, I mean, this is, this is amazing, you guys, to see that this man, this king, moved according to the way that he was feeling versus just waiting upon the Lord. There's so much more Pastor Eric would like to share with you, but we've run out of time for today. 
This has been another edition of Grace to the Hearers, the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge in Coolidge, Arizona. Pastor Eric will continue teaching verse by verse through the book of 1 Samuel next time. You can order today's message for free by emailing us at info at gracetothehearers.com. Sometimes it's just easier to call. Our phone number is 520-723-7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number to call is 520-723-7047. You can learn more about Grace to the Hearers, Calvary Chapel Coolidge, and Pastor Eric at our website, gracetothehearers.com. All of Pastor Eric's messages through the Bible are available to listen to or download for free at gracetothehearers.com. Perhaps God spoke to you clearly through this message in 1 Samuel, and you need to review this message. Again, this message and many others are available to listen to or download for free at gracetothehearers.com. We'd also like to encourage you to subscribe to the Grace to the Hearers podcast. Subscribing is easy. Log on to gracetothehearers.com and follow the link, or simply search for Grace to the Hearers on the iTunes store. From all of the production team here at Grace to the Hearers, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and please make plans to join us again for the next edition of Grace to the Hearers.